Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. Time to turn on the Shark Spotlight. Today we visit with Martin Jones, the goaltender who's played more games than any other goaltender except one in the history of the San Jose Sharks. Jones has been in the nets for some of the Sharks' greatest accomplishments, including a trip to the Stanley Cup Final in 2017 and the Conference Final in 2019. In an extended conversation to let us get to know him better, he told us where he was born and where he first became attached to hockey. I was born and raised in North Vancouver, BC. Um, I've played hockey since as long as I could remember. Since I could walk, I was in skates. And um, yeah, it's just kind of how it is in Canada. You kind of grow up skating and playing hockey. And uh, when I was uh, 10 years old, I got my first set of goalie pads for Christmas. And, and uh, that's kind of where hockey started to, to take off for me was when I kind of made the transition into goalie. What made you decide to want to become a goaltender? Um, you know what? I think when you're a kid, you don't really overthink these things. Um, you know, when you're younger, everybody kind of takes turns playing goalie for their team. And I just always loved taking my turn and um, took a few more turns than the other kids. And then um, one Christmas, like I said, I got uh, my first set of goalie gear and, and the rest is history. Your, uh, your dad obviously has been involved in, in building uh, a lot of pretty big NHL buildings. The biggest one, of course, being the one in Vancouver itself. But um, did, uh, did your family influence you or the fact that you might have been around, uh, say, the Canucks or, or other high-level hockey players? Did that also help influence you? Yeah, I was, I was very fortunate growing up. Uh, I got to go to a lot of Canuck games. Um, to kind of, you know, once in a while go down and into the dressing room area or, um, you know, just kind of see a little bit behind the scenes, um, you know, how, how pro hockey was run. And, um, yeah, like I said, I was very lucky. And, I, you know, you, as, when you're a kid, you, you pick up stuff really fast. And um, when you're watching, you know, NHL players all the time, uh, that, that's only going to help you out. Well, picking up stuff fast is something that you have to do as a profession these days. Do you think that uh, when you see a lot of other goaltenders eventually get into coaching, do you think it's because uh, your unique position, you're on the ice all the time, and you have to observe everything in, in rapid fashion that, that helps you become a good student of the game? Yeah, I think goalies just have uh, kind of a unique perspective on the game. Um, you know, we're kind of we're kind of a part of, of everything. We're not just uh, sort of focused on our one, uh, one job out there, like maybe a forward or defenseman. I, I think we're kind of um, just see the, the whole game a, a little bit differently than, than other players. So yeah, you definitely see a lot of, a lot of ex goalies that getting into coaching and um, you know, I think we like to think we're, we're some of the smartest players out there, but uh, you know, that's up to, up to other people to decide. <laughs> 
Well, one thing's for certain, uh, you, you certainly have to react quickly. And, you know, I was, I was uh, reading an interview that uh, Jacques Plante, the great goaltender, conducted once, and uh, he was speaking to a group of executives. He, he was retelling the story, and he said that um, somebody tried to say, what is, what's it like to be a goalie in the NHL? And he said, well, imagine if you were sitting behind your desk as president of a company, and you made a mistake, and a red light came on, and 17,000 people started screaming at you. Uh, I, I, while that's a humorous story, there's certainly a grain of truth in it, but how does a, a goaltender deal with that sort of pressure and the fact that you take a lot of responsibility yourself um, for when that puck eventually does go in? Yeah, it's, yeah, that's, uh, you know, pretty, pretty interesting way of putting it. Um, it's just something you learn as you go. Um, you know, something I think you get better with over time and, and just, you know, playing a lot of hockey, but um, I, I think everybody's different. Everybody's everybody's going to handle things differently. Um, but again, everybody's going to let in goals. Everyone's going to have bad days, and um, it's just about learning the best way for you individually to deal with it, and and um, just sort of staying in the moment and focusing on the next shot. Over the course of your career, have you found that the, just going through the process over and over again? And, and, you know, putting your arms around that process is a good way to deal with all those things. Absolutely. And, and I think, um, you know, another part of it is just get, having more experience, doing it over and over again and having lots of good games as well. And, and you know, working hard in practice, doing all the little things uh, on and off the ice that that are going to instill confidence in you. And, and um, when that tough time does come, you know, you can look back and, you know, say, hey, I've done this hundreds of times I've, I've had a good practice here. I've prepared myself the best that I can. And, um, you know, all I got to do now is just focus on, on the next save. I'm going to take a big leap and uh, say that I think probably the Canucks were your favorite team growing up since you grew up there and had some behind the scenes stuff. But, uh, uh, if that's true, who was your favorite player growing up? Yeah. Uh, they definitely were my favorite team. And I, I mean, I was pretty lucky that during the, uh, the Marcus Naslin, Todd Bertuzzi, Brandon Morrison era um, had some pretty good teams. I mean, for me, I always liked watching the goalies. Um, uh, you know, I remember Kluche and Alex Ald and, um, you know, it was, I, I always liked watching the goalies and um, on every team, even the other teams. I, I always found it interesting how, you know, every goalie was kind of played differently, especially back then. I think uh, guys were, uh, kind of had more unique style uh, more back then. And uh, I always found it interesting trying to sort of dissect their games a little bit and see how each goalie was um, sort of doing things their own way. How much has the change in goalie equipment either helped or made your job harder? Um, I mean, it's helped. Uh, you know, the, the player's equipment is getting better as well. Um, so I think it's kind of gone uh, hand in hand, the equipment's gotten better. Sticks are getting better. Guys are getting better, more skilled. Game's getting faster. Um, but I honestly, I, I I like where the equipment's at now. I know, um, you know, maybe ten years ago or so, uh, it was getting a little bit excessive with some of the size. And um, I think it's a good balance now uh, with protection and uh, and performance. I think that in many respects, uh, the goaltenders around the NHL are among the best athletes on their team. And, you know, the, the old standard, uh, you know, hockey observer that doesn't play the game. 
thinks that the goalie is the worst skater on the team, but oftentimes you're the best skater on the team, aren't you? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a different, different type of skating, uh, but you know, definitely need to be really good on your edges and um, you know, being able to move around the crease is, is such a, such a big part of the position. So uh, again, yeah, that's kind of an old misconception, I think uh, with goalies that uh, we don't know how to skate. How about the fact that well, the, the fact that the blade is flatter? A lot of it, I'm su I'm sure, is designed yeah. so that you can stop the puck when it's coming through. But uh, what else behind the, the the design of the goalie skates do you think uh, makes yeah. it different than the regular skate? Yeah, so the the blade is a lot flatter. Um, that's just uh, you know a more rounded blade, like a player is is so they can make sharp turns uh, with less blade on the ice. So our blades are a little bit flatter, harder to make sharp turns, uh, but better for balance uh, for, you know, forward and back on your toes, on your heels balance and, uh, and better for just kind of moving laterally. What about just being able to get up because you guys are on hitting the deck a little bit more than the average NHL. -er. Yeah. Uh, again, that's, you know, kind of comes second nature, but something that you just work at over time. Um, you know, usually when you're getting up, you're moving to another position. Um, so just trying to, figure out efficient ways to get from point A to point B on your knees, on your feet, um, or vice versa. So an average NHL shift is 30 to 45 seconds. Uh, you know, guys like Eric Carlson can stay out a little longer, Brent Burns, but of course a goalie shift is 60 minutes. Um, what do you have to do to train to be able to get through 60 minutes, even though you're not going up and down the ice, like the guys are, you're doing a lot of exercise. Yeah, it's um, again, it's, it's sort of in, kind of like shifts I would say the shifts are a little longer whenever the the puck's sort of in the zone or a power play you know you're looking at a minute or two shift um you know it's it's uh, a lot of similar stuff that, that players are doing um you know I think uh some of the things are a little different is just sort of the hips and the groins and um we're moving more laterally as opposed to a skater stride it's just a little bit of a different movement um they're just all those little muscles around there, all the stabilizers and uh, making sure that you're able to move efficiently. How do you, with the net behind you, keep your, I guess you could say your bearings and know that you're in the right position in front of the goal? Uh, practice, uh, you know, practice is probably the biggest thing, just doing it over and over again. And, um, you know, you got markers all in the ice with the circles and the hash marks where, uh, you know, for the most part at this point, you're not thinking about it too much. Uh, it just sort of comes second nature now. Same thing for like keeping your stick on the ice in a certain way so that you're covering space and, and able to make those saves. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, a lot of this stuff, um, situational stuff where the puck is, uh, where the players are around you, um, sort of dictate how you're going to position yourself. And that's stuff that, um, you know, as goalies you are kind of constantly tweaking and again, trying to figure out the best way to, to play certain scenarios. I want to talk to you about uh, the fact that you were never drafted in the NHL and you, you know, you were playing junior hockey for the Calgary Hitmen before that. Um, did, was the WHL always on your mind or did you think maybe about college hockey or some other route? Um, it, it crossed my mind uh, to go the other route, uh, but, but you know, Calgary has a great program. It's a great city. Uh, and, and, you know, when I was, you know, sort of offered a, a chance to play there as a 16 year old, um, you know, I was just excited to do it. I thought it was a great opportunity for me and, 
um, yeah, I think when you're, you know, 15 years old, you know, you're, you're thinking about the NHL at that point. So uh, I thought that was going to be the best route for me to, to get there. Of course, the Hitmen play in the same building that the Flames play in, in the Saddle Dome. And so that kind of puts you around the NHL again, as you were when you were a young kid in Vancouver, um, right near the Canucks dressing room. How did that help you maintain a sense of calm around the NHL atmosphere? Yeah, again, that, I was pretty lucky there as well. Um, you know, we would always practice around one o'clock and I remember getting to the rink and we'd always get to the rink, get changed and I'd go and sit in the stands and watch, watch the visiting team pregame skate. And um, so I, it was just really cool just to see NHL guys, you know, every other day. Um, you know, again, you just learn so much just by watching them in practice, you know, their habits and sort of pick up things that they're doing on the ice that, um, you know, when we're on the ice right after them, we can go and try it and, and then kind of see what they're doing. You had Kelly Kissio as your head coach. He was the GM of the Hitmen too. And uh, as I see that uh, Dave Lowry also, another former Shark, was a coach when you were there. Uh, give us your memories of those guys. Yeah, it was it was a really great program in Calgary. Um, you know, with Kissio and Lowry, two um, you know longtime NHL veterans. They brought a, a certain professionalism to to the junior hockey program that um, you know I probably second to none in terms of junior hockey. So. Um, I thought it was great, really professional program. And, and, uh, you know, it's always great having that, that sort of NHL experience. So dreaming to get into the NHL is one thing, especially when you aren't drafted, but, uh, getting an opportunity to get to the NHL is another thing. First things first, when your draft year came around, how disappointing an experience was it to not be drafted? Yeah, it was, it was tough. I, I definitely thought and hoped I was, I was going to get drafted that year. And uh, it was very disappointing, but, um, you know, I think it was, it was only a couple of weeks later, I got invited to LA's camp. Um, so, you know, that was, you know, kind of a quick turnaround. I had something to get excited for and, and sort of look forward to and prepare for. And uh, I went in, I had a very good camp and just kind of kept hanging around and, and was able to get a contract by the end of a training camp. So uh, disappointing, but again, to be able to kind of, turn around that summer and, and get a contract was was uh, extremely rewarding of course it's proof and there's lots of proof of it that you don't have to be drafted by an nhl team to have a very long nhl career and a very successful one but you went to the american hockey league for a couple of years and i wanted to ask you about that experience in manchester matter of fact i i saw you play a game in worcester against the sharks one time you were the first star of the game you had an outstanding effort against that team and who knew that a couple of years later we'd be uh, flying in the same plane together. But when you were in the AHL, obviously you're working on your game and you're also getting some professional coaching um, beyond what you already got from the professional type coaching you were getting in junior. Tell me about uh, your experiences there. You played for Mark Morris and you uh, had a goalie coach, Kim Dillabo, who uh, I think, as I remember, were both pretty instrumental in your taking the next step. Yeah. Uh, I, Again, you know, third time I've said it, but uh, very lucky to to have Kim Pelebo as, as a goalie coach there. He's, he's with Philadelphia now. Um, learned a lot from him. You know, those were, were pretty formative years in, in my development as a goalie. And um, it, there's a learning curve for sure. It's it's your first time away from or living on your own. You know, in junior, you're with a billet family, and um, 
first time, you know, renting an apartment and just being completely on your own. Uh, so there's a learning curve to just being a professional and, uh, you know, knowing how to take care of yourself and all the things that go along with that. So, yeah, it was, uh, you know, you're eager to, to take the next step and move on. But looking back, those were uh, definitely important years in my development. You bring up an interesting point. You know, you have a billet family when you're playing junior. And for those listening that don't know what a billet family is, that means you're, you're moving many miles, in your case, from your home in Vancouver to Calgary. That's a long ways away from home. And so uh, you're a teenager. You still have to go to high school. And you get put up with a family that sponsors you. And they make sure you get uh, three square meals a day. And they make sure that uh, you're behaving yourself, getting to practice, and doing what you should do. So that's a controlled environment. But then you get to the American Hockey League. And as you said, you're all on your own. Do you think it's a good idea that a hockey player learns how to cook his own meals? <laughs> uh, I think so. Uh, I, I learned when I was in Calgary, um, you know, how to fend for myself a little bit. Um, everybody's experience is, is going to be a little, little different, but, uh, you know, that's something that, that I learned uh, pretty early on and uh, something that I always, uh, you know, I enjoy doing it, but always, um, you know, I like to eat well, so uh, I, I had to learn how to cook myself. You and me both. That's that's a good skill to have. You, Manchester, New Hampshire. What's that like as a hockey market? Uh, you know, we had a, we had a pretty good fan base. Um, it's a quiet little town, um, but it was a great place to live. Um, you know, I I got a lot of fond memories of that city and of my time there. Um, but a pretty pretty passionate uh, fan base, which was which always makes it a lot more fun. You made the, the Calder Cup playoffs in just about every year you played there. And I was wondering about the theory that one of the important things that a young player can get is Calder Cup playoff experience to help him learn what, to, what the highest level, the Stanley Cup playoffs, is all about. Is there any truth to that? Yeah, well, I, I, playoff hockey at any level is um, it's just a different ballgame than the regular season. And, you know, the step from junior to professional hockey again is another big step from the regular season to to playoff so you know just learning how to deal with that uh that sort of added intensity and added pressure um you know that that's just experience something you, you learn from every time you get a chance to do it that's uh, a chance for you to learn from it and grow of course you get the opportunity to uh, play for the los angeles kings and uh, be in tandem with jonathan quick who won the con Smythe trophy as the mvp of the stanley cup playoffs and You've got a Stanley Cup ring as, as uh, his backup goaltender during that playoff run. Um, how much did that help as you got to uh, become a starting goaltender yourself? Those experiences and watching what, what happened around the playoffs and how the ebbs and the flows of the pressure can change and, and how that works for a goalie. Uh, tell me about your learning experience during those times. Yeah, well, uh, you know, pretty great guy to, you know, to play behind and learn from and uh, especially during those years when, um, you know, it was just incredible. It was, it was really fun to, to be a part of great team. Um, but, you know, with quickie, just, uh, you know, every time we got to playoffs, he was just sort of a different person. And, uh, you know, that was extremely fun to watch, fun to be a part of. And, uh, you know, he's just such a competitor. That's something that, that I, I learned from him is just how he competes, you know, in games is, uh, it's, it's very impressive. You were on the other side of a kind of a tough moment for Sharks fans. And that was when uh, the team had a three games to nothing lead over the Kings. And 
and lost in a, in a seven game series. Uh, uh, what was your view from the other side of that? Oh, that was, uh, yeah, that was pretty wild. Um, you know, the first two games in the, in the shark tank were absolutely insane. Uh, you know, I've, I don't know how much you remember, but you guys came out absolutely flying. We got, you know, shellac seven, two and five, nothing, I think for the first two games. Um, but again, I just, you know, being on that team and, you know, they had already had a cup under their belt. Um, you know, that's one thing that I, you know, anybody that comes back from three, nothing, that's impressive, but, um, just the lack of panic or, you know, everybody just sort of stuck together. There was no, you know, nobody was turning in on each other. Everyone was just, just a really strong team, uh, a team environment. So, um, you know, that's one thing that really stood out to me as, as we were down three, nothing, you know, against a really, really good hockey team. Um, everyone just kind of banded together and, and just stuck with it. Any similarities a couple of years later with the Vegas Golden Knights and that incredible game seven that was played at the Shark Tank? For sure. Uh, again, we're down, you know, three nothing with uh, 10 minutes to go in the game. And, um, you know, we just kept plugging away. You know, we got the five minute power play and um, got four goals and then they come back and score. It's just a lot of highs and lows throughout that whole game. But to kind of just be able to put that behind you, stick with it and, um, you know, just keep grinding away, grinding away. And finally, we get the big goal from Goody. Uh, that was that was a pretty special game for sure. But it wasn't possible if it weren't for your goaltending performance in game six in Las Vegas, which still is the uh, one of the great high points in the history of San Jose Sharks playoff games. That had to be a, an amazing night for you personally, just because the shots kept coming. But it's almost easier to play in some sense if if uh, you're getting constant action than, than if you're you're quiet for 15 minutes and suddenly have to take a quality shot. Isn't that true? Either there's an element to that for sure. I mean, there's just, you're more sort of engaged in the game. There's less time to, you know, sort of stand there and just think about things or um, so it is nice when you're kind of getting a, a nice constant flow of, of work, but uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was a pretty special game as, you know, especially how the start of the series had gone. Um, to be able to come up with a game like that at that time was um, huge for our team and, and huge for me as well. The perception that you give when you're playing goal and when you're around the team is that you are very even keeled and that you're very calm in the nets regardless of what's happening. And that gives your teammates a lot of confidence. Um, but I want to know the truth. Do you get nervous ever when you're, when you're in a situation that's crucial? Um, yeah, there, there's, there's always nerves for sure. Um, I, I think that's a good thing. Uh, I think just being able to, to handle it and deal with it. That's, um, that's part of hockey. And, and I think you can kind of use those nerves to your advantage. They get, get you fired up and they really sort of, um, you know, if you can harness it properly, you can really dial yourself in and then um, it's fun. I mean, that's when hockey is the most fun is when you kind of feel those nerves and you're able to kind of just, hone it in and, and, uh, and play well. Have you ever gotten angry on the ice or, or, or either with yourself or with anything else? <laughs> um, yeah, I have, I'm, I've definitely gotten angry out there. Um, again, that's just not really, uh, in my nature to, uh, I don't know, throw a tantrum out on the ice or anything like that, but, um, you know, there's definitely feelings there. <laughs> Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about that. It's just amazing how calm you are all the time. I, I just think that that gives the team so much confidence when 
when you go out on the ice and, and you, you're so stable that way, because if things aren't going well in front of you, um, you're not pointing fingers. You're, you're, you're actually trying to help. And I can see that all the time. And that brings me to something else. What about the encouragement that you get from the guys either during the course of a game or between periods or whenever, um, uh, how, how much does that help you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's definitely helpful. I think, um, you know, and, and just being here for, you know, what is it, five, six years now and, um, you know, playing with a lot of these guys for, for a long time, you, you get, you build that relationship over time and, um, you, you kind of earn each other's trust out there and just being able to communicate with each other, um, you know, without getting, you know, too abrasive or too fired up, being able to communicate properly in, in the heat of a game is, is I think, uh, very important. How much chatter actually goes on around that goalie crease with you and an opposing players? Is, is that something you shut out or is that something you kind of enjoy? Uh, depends who are, who are playing, I guess. Um, it's not something I engage in too much with the other team, but um, yeah, there's definitely times when, when guys will, will come by and try and say something to me. Anybody make you laugh ever? Uh, once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> Probably when the LA Kings play and somebody, you know, from the old days. It's usually with someone I know. Yeah. 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 Who's your best friend in the game of hockey? Do you have one that you could identify? Oh, um, you know, I, I don't like to. I'm not <laughs> asking you to pick your favorites or anything like that, but I've met so many great people. Um, you know, obviously playing here with, with Brendan Dillon, he's a good, good friend of mine for the last four or five years. Um, you know, had some great friends in LA as well. Um, yeah, it's just uh, that's one of the most fun things about hockey is you meet, you know, they kind of come and go at different points of your career. But, um, you know, to be able to, to have some really strong friendships out of it is, is a lot of fun. What does uh, playing at, at the tank and what does being a San Jose Shark mean to you? What do you feel about the organization and and, uh, and about where the team is going? Yeah, I mean, the Sharks are they're such an iconic franchise, uh, you know, growing up. That's a team that I always loved, to, loved as well as watching the Sharks. I um, always loved the jerseys. I love watching the, the Sharks goalies. Um, so it's, you know, a little surreal when you first become a Shark and your name's on the jersey. It's, it's a pretty cool feeling. Um, man, it's a lot of fun. It's a great place to play. Um, uh, you know, I, again, I've been very fortunate in my career, so played in some great places to play. I wanted to ask you what you like to do when you're not playing hockey. What's your favorite activity to do? Or if you have a favorite activity, what, do you, what does Martin Jones do away from the rink? Uh, my favorite activity would have to be probably golf. Um, you know, I like to, you know, if it's a practice day, go hit some balls. Or if we get a day off to get out and play, we're, we're lucky enough to be in California where you can play for, you know, just about 12 months of the year. So um, that, that's probably my, my biggest sort of, uh, release from hockey is get out and, and play some golf and take your mind off things. You've got a pretty good choice of golf courses within about an hour of, of SAP center. So yeah. what's your favorite? Do you have any favorites? Um, uh, court of all is, is nice. We get to play there a little bit, uh, but I've been down to Monterey and played some of those and it's pretty incredible down there. It doesn't get much better than that. Pebble beach and, and Cypress and those courses. Do you ever play Pasa Tiempo? I played Pasta Tiempo. That's another cool one too. Greens yeah, are that's tough though. Alister McKenzie Golf Course. That's yeah. that's uh, that's pretty iconic. And what would it mean to you to lead the San Jose Sharks to the Stanley Cup? 
that, that would be pretty special. Um, you know, especially being a, a first Stanley cup for the franchise. That's something that, um, yeah, it's definitely, you know, would have been pretty special, you know, especially when Jumbo was here, you know, that was obviously, uh, we had the chance in 2016. That was, you know, that was on my mind for sure. And, and we definitely wanted to win it for Jumbo, but, um, you know, it, it's what you play for. It's, it's what it's all about. Everybody wants to win and uh, to be able to do it as a shark would be uh, yeah, pretty awesome. You got Patrick Marlowe in that situation too, having played yeah. a lot of years. And uh, uh, this year he is going to pass Gordie Howe as the all-time games played leader in the history of the NHL. And the day that he does it is against the Vegas Golden Knights in Vegas during the season. And what's really interesting is that He's got a game-winning goal against every single team in the NHL except Vegas. He actually he had a game-winning goal for Toronto against the Sharks. So he has to he all he has left is Vegas. Wouldn't it be something on the night that that uh, that he breaks the record if he got the game-winning goal? That that would be something. And and honestly, I, I wouldn't put it past him. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, you know he's been such a great player for so long and and as an actor for scoring those big goals. At 41 years of age, isn't it amazing that he can still fly? It's it's pretty impressive how, how well he skates out there and how well he's able to move out there. It's uh, I mean, he, he takes great care of himself, but yeah, very, very impressive. One last question I wanted to ask you, and that's about the fans at SAP Center. You mentioned the iconic nature of the franchise and uh, and also, uh, you know, just the atmosphere at SAP Center. But if you, if you had anything you'd like to, to say to the Sharks fans as a group, what would you say? Oh, just that we, we appreciate their support. They're such a great fan base. Um, you know, even in my first year when we had um, such a great regular season record to the last couple of years, you know, we've been where we missed playoffs. Um, just their support is, is felt and, and we appreciate it very much. Well, we appreciate you and we think very highly of the way you play goal and what kind of a teammate you are. So uh, thanks a lot for joining us on this edition. Okay. Thanks, Dan. Our thanks to Martin Jones for joining us in the Spotlight today. I'm Dan Rusinowski. The Shark Spotlight is a presentation of the San Jose Sharks Audio Network.